Hey Dennis, this is Jason Hobbs from Random Screed. Hey, I saw you started listening to my show, and so I thought I would return the favor and listen to yours. I listened to the history of Northport, and holy cow, dude, that thing is uh, pretty damn dense. That was uh, uh, a lot. That was a mouthful for to try and put in a half-hour show. But uh, it was interesting. I mean, I'm kind of interested in playing GURPS sometime. I never have. So if you need a player and you want to run it online, let me know. Otherwise, I'd like to invite you to join the OSR Anchorites. There is a community on Google Plus and on MeWe, and we have our own channel on the Audio Dungeon Discord. I gave you the link to Discord on your MeWe post at the OSR group. Anyway, man, keep it up. I hope you find all the other OSR podcasts on Anchor, and uh, nice job. Hey, Dennis, this is Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Hey, I want to thank you for all the artwork you've done for me from my last two, what, manners. You did the cover for my last issue, which is probably one of my favorite covers that I've done. And uh, welcome to the Anchor Broadcast. I uh, look forward to seeing what you have to say and everything. So um, I'll try to spread the word for you, get you some listeners, and see you soon. Talk to you soon, Dennis. Bye. Hi, Dennis. This is Larry with Follow Me and Die. I appreciate you jumping into the world of Anchor Podcasts. I enjoyed your first episode. I also appreciate your art. As you know, I used your art from your art pack available on DriveThruRPG for the cover of my first PDF and some interior art and some art in subsequent PDFs. And I really appreciate you making those available for use to us for no charge. So... Folks, if you're looking to get started with PDFs and you can't afford uh, much of an art budget, some of the art available on DriveThruRPG is where it's at. And Dennis McCarthy has some good stuff out there that you can get for a good price. And he has licensed it such that you can use it in your products. Also, you can hire him. Keep up. Hi all, this is Gwithaint again. And I've got some more ramblings about being an artist and a gamer. Um, first off, I didn't I know how to do the to add voicemails in. I've got a couple of them that'll be coming on. Because um, I got to give shout outs to um, Tim Shorts and Ivy Shorts, who are amongst the first people to get in contact with me about the, my uh, podcasting. Ivy Shorts really got me into it. Um, she's the happy whisk. Um, uh, with some messaging on Instagram about how easy it was to set up. Um, Larry Hamilton from the Follow Me and Die podcast. And um, who else? And most particularly to um, Judd Carlman from Daydreaming with Dragons. Also, um, Jason Hobbs from Random Screed. Um, all of whom have been giving me clapbacks for listening to their podcasts. Um, Judd Carlman recently had a piece on Daydreaming with Dragons about alignment tones. I was thinking about, you know, what has changes have to go in, on in your life till you suddenly end up speaking evil. Um, I think the closest thing to a demonstration of an evil alignment tongue 
happened to be in Roger Zelazny's Dilvish the, D- the Damned, um, which is an excellent set of stories. And it, there's um, Dilvish the Damned and there's The Changing Land. And um, Dilvish was turned to stone and his soul sent to hell. And about a hundred years later, he escaped. And one of the things he learned along the way was to speak the language Malhabarang, which is pretty much an alignment language. It's infernal. Um, the other nifty thing he came out of there with, you know, aside from um, an iron horse who was one of the forms of uh, demon he made a pact with to get out of hell, um, was the awful sayings, which are kind of like individual pieces of ninth level magic that lay waste to massive amounts of area. He said one and destroyed an entire city. Um, They are like the primary arsenal of hell. Now, um, I've had a couple of infernal characters in my game, and I've had a couple, I've had um, a few creatures that can claim descent from Elder Spawn in one form or another. And um, the the dark ones, the, the humanoid versions of the Elder things, um, speak a language I called um, um, Eldritch. And most decent books on magic are written in that tongue. The other thing um, with languages in my game is that, um, oh, and by the way, we're listening to um, a piece of atmospherics called Brain Farts by Skeleton Gwen. You can find it on Bandcamp, and I'll have a link later on when I post about this. Um, The game I run is a text-based bulletin board thing. I mean, I'm about as grognardy as you can get as, as far as my uh, online presence. Um, and while uh, rpol.net has a function for having characters uh, speak a language, you like select them in groups and then you um, use hypertext to mark off the thing you're saying is being in language that it's spoken by and everyone who can speak it can read it and everyone else gets gibberish. I found that kind of annoying. Um, So what I did was I'd pull out Google Translate and I'd come up with suitable languages, ones at least sounded suitable to me. I mean, I'm probably being really um, culturally insensitive this way. Um, and had any time they ran into someone who spoke a different language, it was something they could kind of maybe figure out. The, the, basically the way if, if um, you live in a neighborhood with a lot of different ethnicities, you can kind of make out words here and there, especially if they're related to the language you speak, but maybe not all of it. And the, the players who wanted to go and cut and paste and run stuff through Google Translate could actually get a kick out of something. On the other hand... Um, there were a handful of servitors of the Dark Ones they ran into, or these um, goblins that had all had um, brain surgery done on them and 
had temperaments very similar to um, the the creatures living in um, the realm of the queen in um, the silver chair by in in the chronicles of Narnia. The really grim and almost willless underdwellers there. Um, in any case, I had them speaking a blend of languages. And one of the things I used was a little bit of High Valerian from Game of Thrones. Because um, they, would, they would tell you repeatedly in a couple of different languages that you were going to die. Uh, nothing personal, they just... If you were where they were, that was going to be what was going to happen to you. So, you know, the, enough of the players watched to be able to recognize uh, the word Morgulis. And I'd used a little bit of Welsh for them since I was trying to work on that as being an elven base. Um, more particular was when you dealt with someone from Shevnia, which is this sort of Slavic country that's adjacent to my uh, sort of French country. Um, and the language I picked for them to speak is very similar to the language I, that the orcs speak, which makes sense because it's the country on the other side of there. So it's, I mean, most of the uh, characters in the game all speak Aralais, which is um, kind of medieval French thing. Um, although people who are hicks from the sticks will speak it with an accent. Um, and there's a couple of people uh, about who speak Argot, which is kind of like the equivalent of Cockney slang. Um, and people will correct me on that, and I'm, I'm welcome to do so. Um, but one of the things I did was when they were dealing with the trolls, there was a two sets of involvement of people dealing with large volumes of trolls. And in this game, they're not all the huge Andersonian things, although there were a couple of those too. They're humanoid trolls. Um, bad tempers, green skin, low-grade regeneration, susceptible to fire. On the one hand, we had a group of people go in with a fire mage who lit the joint up completely um, and was accompanied by a few characters that showed up in my um, blog post um, mercenaries and murder hobos um, including um, one who has um, uh, this one-armed swordswoman who had her arm bitten off by something and has phantom sensation in it and essentially she can touch ghosts and if she touches you she drains fatigue from you which functioned real well as they were chopping up an enormous troll and um, the pieces kept running around trying to reconnect each other and if she laid her not quite there anymore hand on it it would get it, the piece would fall unconscious and then they could pick it up and burn it um, but I had wanted the trolls to speak in a kind of Scandinavian tongue that had um, the right grouping of I's and J's together. And I ended up with Estonian, which is very close to Finnish. And it's one of the languages that Google Translate uses troll as troll for. So, what the hell? 
Um, on the other hand, you know, you run into demons and they usually speak backwards. So I'll, I'll run them something in uh, whatever the language their summoner spoke was, um, which in this game there's been a variety of summoners. So that you got some speaking backwards French, you got some speaking um, backwards Arabic, and you've got um, a couple of older ones who speak um, backwards Armenian. I could not find Aramaic. I would have just so loved to have used that, thinking of um, the movie Fallen. But... Um, I set some up to do that, and it's like the the some one of the characters whose character is a players whose character is a linguist. I mean, he's an odd build. He's not. He's one of the henchmen group, and he didn't use one of the templates from DF15, which is Peter Del Orto's um, book for running half strength characters. It's an excellent thing if you're playing GURPS at all, even if you're playing GURPS Dungeon Fantasy role playing game pick that supplement up because it's really useful. I use the damn thing all the time. Um, his character was built as sort of an elf sage who was deficient in that he didn't have a natural magical ability. And he's got... Um, his attention's kind of poor. He's absent-minded. And he's got a whole bunch of skills built up using the Dabbler perk, which is usually good for representing someone who's um, better than incompetent, but not at all skilled. And, and, is you, and, off, and it's kind of suggested that the skills you studied once and haven't kept up with and you kind of vaguely remember fit that category. And he's got a whole bunch of lore skills of that, ca of that caliber. Um... He's also got um, linguistics, and he speaks about five or six languages in, in varying degree. And one of the ones he happens to speak is Eldritch. So he was able to communicate with that batch of um, brain-damaged goblins who were working for um, some of the big bads at the base of things. Um... And that particular group is still traveling with an elder thing, um, which has not been going that well for them because I've got them rolling fright checks every time it passes on some information to them telepathically. Um, they they recently killed a minor demon and um, it extracted the heart and put it in a Ziploc bag, which um, they were asking, "What do you want that for?" And it tried to explain to them that it might be able to trade it for something of value. And the problem of who or what he might be trading with and what he might consider to be valuable was not some a set of concepts that went over well with a bunch of them. Um, but in any case, I've got another area going on where they've been fighting demons um hey they're easy to stick in a dungeon because they don't have an ecology it's them and constructs and undead easy peasy to throw in there pain in the ass to get rid of um they they were exploring a haunted um monastery which I had been working on before um, picking up the Dolmenwood um, 
books on that. Seriously, get Wormskin. I, mean, I got one picture in there that, um, and they, they didn't hire me again as an artist because I didn't get my proportions right and they ended up having to crop the image. I mean, Gavin's a great guy. I love his stuff, but these are the things you learn in the trade. If you are going to be commissioned for art for somebody, find out exactly what proportions they want it to be in. Because otherwise, you know, if someone says, draw me this, I'll draw them that, but I don't know what you're putting it into. And I'm, you know, naturally thinking, yeah, a full size of that fits in, you know, can be seen on my tablet normally, so what's the problem? Um, there's a problem. If you don't design things to fit, they're the the person who ends up with the image is either going to have to distort it or crop it and that happened with um an issue i had with charlie mason too i mean he's a great guy he's done the um the white box uh, medieval adventures game and had been one of my patrons for a while but he wanted me to work in a particular theme which was you know young exciting adventures to try to make osr games exciting to kids to bring in youth to it and I, I've done a, a batch of artwork of that nature. That's If you join my Patron, you have access to a pretty big selection of things. It's also available in my other stock art. Um, I had a group called the Young Adventurers there. But I had worked up um, a color painting that was a couple of goblins behind, um, lurking behind a um, scene reminiscent of the Tramp uh, Player's Man, uh, Handbook except there's a whole row of demon idols and you've got a couple people going to pry out an eye off in the distance and there's goblins hiding off behind some other ones and i done painted that on an 8x10 setting and it needed to be 6x9 and it lost a lot of what he was looking for doing that um always find out what your customer wants and what format um Anyway, while my haunted monastery is not a, the same at all, but maybe as good as the, the one in Wormskin, um, there were quite a few demon-related things there. There, uh, One of the worst is uh, things called Doom Brats, which um, they look like sickly to greenish toddlers and they explode when you hit them um and they also do ridiculous amounts of damage with the the knives they drag around with them um they were all children of a succubus that had uh, infected the monastery and ended up turning um most of the monks into whites um you know, there was a problem with that was that i was did it, doing a conversion of a, of a character trait from dnd into gerps and made them invulnerable to everything except magic weapons which you know really kind of nerfed the fire mage um although she lit up everything else and it's like if she kept at it she could have been able to destroy them um and they in in the game they've just defeated the succubus and are going to be able to loot the rest of the monastery but there was also um a half succubus out there now it's in in while someone who is infernally blooded is going to detect as evil they aren't necessarily evil 
And this is where one of those things about alignment languages comes up. If it is your natural bent to speak something like infernal, um, odds are you're not good. On the other hand, if you are a multiplanar traveler and you learn the local languages, you could very well speak infernal and angelic and things like that. And it wouldn't be a function of your alignment. Um, the problem being is that most interdimensional traders happen to be elder things. Or get Yankee and get Zeri. But those are for another time. Alright. Um, that's it for right now. And I'm just going to add in the call-ins. <laughs> 